0: I never really understood what addiction was. I just thought it was just people doing drugs, and that was the norm. Before I knew it, I'm 36 years old, and I've lost everything multiple times. I've been homeless multiple times. I've lived in garages, under bridges. I've lived at campsites. I've lived in cars. I've eaten out of garbage cans.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Joining me today is Johnny Ray with 5R Recovery, and we are just going to jump right in, Johnny. You want to tell us how you came up with the idea for 5R Recovery?
0: I'm Johnny Ray. My past, like many, has to do with the clutches of addiction and how it, it has taken over a portion of my life for a long period of time. And when I was out there in active addiction, I didn't really know how and how many available resources were, were out there. I, I didn't know where to look. I didn't know how to find it. And I got down to that level that most people get down to. They get down and they get to that comfortable, stagnant, repetitive, constant functioning in addiction. When I started getting clean and all these resources started becoming available to me, I embraced every single one. It wasn't one singular thing that got me clean. And so I was thinking, what can I do to, to help others get clean from the clutches of addiction by using my own experiences, life lessons lessons in order to get clean. So I came up with this thing called 5-Hour Recovery. It has to do with five phases of getting clean. And I think it, it's essential to keeping people and getting them through the clutches of addiction.
1: Why is it so important for us to get people out of addiction?
0: Oh my gosh. Addiction affects so many people. In one way or another, in my opinion, it affects everybody. It affects our community. It affects the homeless. It affects mental health. It affects everybody. And if it's not you yourself, it's a family member. It's a friend. It's a coworker. Addiction is at a higher rate today than it's ever been in the history of mankind. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. The reason I say it's a, it's a good thing is because it's there's more recovery possible now. Recovery programs are popping up left and right. There's all these resources into helping people get and stay clean. Why not create and develop another one? One that is not biased, and one thats that doesn't distinguish between other recovery programs, one that encourages all necessities to get clean. And that's where 5R Recovery came from.
1: What's the first R?
0: So the first R is remembering where we came from, sharing our testimony, Our story matters. When when you're dealing with an individual, our experiences may vary and be different in just a little bit, but we all can relate to each other when it comes to addiction. So it's remembering where we came from, sharing our story, going deep into our past, finding that one event that could have possibly led you to going down the path of addiction. After we've remembered where we came from, then we get a chance to recover from it. That's the second R recovering from all the bad that possibly we went through when we were in our active addiction. It could be anything. It could be trauma. It could be depression. It could be abuse. It could be neglect. It could be anything. Once we recover from that, then we get a chance to rejoice. We get an opportunity to celebrate and look back at our life, at all the miracles and the wonderful things that were happening. Us as addicts like to focus on the negativity. We like to focus on all the bad that happens to us. We think the world is against us. We play the woe's me. We play the pity party. Self-centeredness is the root of all of our problems when it comes to active addiction. We don't think that anybody else could ever imagine what we go through. So being able to rejoice and celebrate brings us back to ground level. It gives Use an opportunity to be happy and and enjoy our life. That's phase three is rejoice. You want to keep going?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Phase four has to be with being reborn. So so we got remember, we got recover, we got rejoice, and then we get a chance to be reborn. And that can be starting over. That has to do with setting some short term and some long-term goals, maybe wanting to go back to school or learn something new. Finding out our purpose has to do with phase four. Being able to be reborn, start fresh, and look forward to the future. And then phase five has to do with reliving, reliving a life of service and helping others achieving things that you never thought were possible, working a recovery program, learning your past experiences, taking everything that you've learned, utilize it, apply it, benefit it, and help others with it. And that's what, that's what five hour recovery is all about. It's addicts helping addicts. It's an opportunity, no matter what they've gone through to be able to find recovery in the way that best works for them.
1: I love it that it's addicts helping addicts, because as you said, who knows better than somebody who has walked through that?
0: 100%. This isn't something we're going to learn in a, in a classroom. This is through street experience. This is through the addiction that we've gone through ourselves to be able to pass that on to the still-suffering addict. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's about addicts helping addicts.
1: So I want to break down the five R's, but first, do you want to kind of share your story a little bit? Sure.
0: So I had a pretty good childhood. I mean, I I had great parents. They treated me really well. There was no abuse or or no addiction in the household. Um, I started experimenting with drugs because I wanted to go out and party. I wanted to expand my mind. I wanted to see things. I wanted to be cool. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be powerful. I wanted girls. I wanted money. And I thought the best way to achieve that was by doing drugs. And before I knew it, I was hooked in it. I started at a really young age. I started at 15, 16 years old. I started with heavy hallucinogenics and acid and ecstasy and all that kind of stuff. And before you knew it, 20 years had crept up on me where I couldn't get free from the clutches of addiction. I moved around a lot. I thought that was the best way to get clean by going to different towns, different places, just constantly moving, thinking that I could move away from my problem. I never really understood what addiction was. I just thought it was just people doing drugs and that was the norm. Before I knew it, I'm 36 years old and I've lost everything multiple times. I've been homeless multiple times. I've lived in garages, under bridges. I've lived at campsites. I've lived in cars. I've eaten out of garbage cans. I've struggled with, I've burnt every bridge with every family member that I had ever loved. And the people that cherished me the most, I burnt everything with them. It was difficult. My last straw was I was at a campsite and I was starving and nobody would talk to me. And on my six-day clean, not by choice, I ran out of drugs. My six-day clean, I heard a voice from God, and and God told me, "Are you done?" As almost like in a question format. I had never really heard God speak to me before, and when He said, "Are you done?" my brain just clicked. It just said, "Yes, I'm ready." And ever since I accepted that. Things started happening. Doors started opening. People started coming around in recovery wanting to help me with my, with, my, with my past and with my story. And that's really where the first R and 5 R recovery came from is I met a man who the very first thing he wanted me to do, he wanted me to share my testimony with him. He wanted me to tell him my story. That was unusual to me. Being a man and having pride and and being strong-willed, I never really thought that sharing my story with the most intimate of details with another human being was something that would help me, but it it opened me up. It made me transparent. It's, It's one of those words that I use when I talk about recovery. Transparency is absolutely crucial. Letting down your guard and opening up about some of the most difficult things that you've gone through is tough. It's not always easy to do but that's crucial when you want to get clean because you've got to be able to recognize what those things are. It's another word I use a lot is recognition. Recognition of your past. So through this long struggle and, and this long this long 20 years of addiction of moving all over and betraying all my family and lying to them, I realized this whole time when I thought the world was against me, it was I was against the world. I was I was taking for granted the opportunities that were out there, and I was becoming a victim. I was becoming a victim to addiction. I wanted the world to, to work the way I wanted it to, not the way that God wants it to. And, and that's, where you, that's where you're able to differentiate your life is by realizing that, you know what? It's not all about me. It's about everybody else. It's about God's purpose for me, and I now know what that is. I've been given an opportunity to use my story and my past, the transformation that I've gone through to be able to relate and help other addicts. And that's what I want to do. I want to help people.
1: I was listening to an audio book this morning and the author was telling about a friend of his who is a really good dad. He's also an attorney and he puts bad guys away. And he said he, he doesn't know how he he does such hard work. At work, and then can come home and play with babies. But what the attorney (laughs) told him is he said, There are more lifeguards at the lake or the ocean than there are sharks, meaning, it's really easy, especially if you've had a life of addiction or crime, to think everyone's against you. And he said, that's the people I put away. They think everyone's against them. And they've had a bad life. They've had bad childhoods. And then it's kill or be killed.
0: Right. And it brings you down to the most animalistic instincts. Kick into survival mode when you're an addict and you don't care about who it harms. I mean, you harm people and you, I lied more than I was an addict. You know, I lied more than I did drugs. I was so good at lying. I forgot what I had told one person about one thing they bring it up later in life and I have no idea what I had absolutely told them everybody I loved and people that cared about me and that's that's all part of it that's everybody's story is different I love that about the there's more lifeguards than sharks yeah and and we're so used to playing the victim role you know right now if you look outside it is difficult there are so many things that are going on in the world that can be perceived as difficult but I always tell people where are you looking are you looking for the di- for the difficulties because there's wonderful things happening all over and that's why I said drug use is higher than it's ever been but that's good and bad the bad for obvious reasons it breaks up families it destroys lives it causes deaths it makes people lose their children it makes them lose their jobs their houses it makes them lose Lose everything. But the positive is, is that there's, there is a positive group of people out there right now that are trying to make an impact, that are trying to be bring recovery to people who don't know how to find it. The resources are out there. We've just got to be able to locate them. And that's where 5R Recovery came from, is I want to be able to gather those resources. I'd like to be able to grab every tool that we have, every, every option that's out there, and be able to help addicts find their way out no matter what that looks like. Each individual treating as an individual learning their stories remembering where they came from recovering from the bad rejoicing over the good we get a chance to be reborn and relive a life of serving others and that's that's what it's all about
1: so i love what you do you have people tell their story on youtube video and what i love about it it's not a big production you're like here we are we sit down if somebody comes into the the room you just include them in the video but why don't you talk a little bit about sharing the story
0: So I absolutely – okay, first I want to say I love people. (laughs) I love hearing people's stories. Um, What people go through individually is so unique and intriguing to me. And when when you see people go through struggles and pull themselves out, to me there's no greater gift in the world is to Mm -hmm. see somebody come out. So when I do these testimonies, I get to sit down with with real addicts, people who have struggled in all different types of things, and and getting the chance – to be able to hear what they've gone through and where they're going today. But but life is raw. Life is real. And the reason I do it unprepared, unedited, is because that's how life is. You, you, can't, you can't expect to have everything scripted in life. So my favorite part about those testimonies is most of them have children, most of them have pets, and most of them have friends that are coming in and out of the picture. But you know what? Why not include them? That's what life is, right? It's It's an opportunity for them to be part of the story. I love for addicts from addicts. It's something that I will continue to do. I think people are starting to be more comfortable, and that brings me back to that word, being transparent. Some people just want to be heard. Some people just want an opportunity to share a little bit about what they've gone through. And to have somebody listen and then be able to critique that and become friends, it builds a bond. Plus, to be perfectly honest, after you've given your story, it kind of makes that relapse difficult right because now you're <laughs> now you're on a video your story is out there your story is helping people if anything it helps them stay clean so if you end up saving one person's life somebody sees your story and what you went through and that helps them get clean then that then it's done its job in my opinion and that's where I'll continue to do it
1: where can we find these videos Johnny
0: so I have videos on YouTube they are on my Facebook page as well I'm, I'm try so social media has never been my forte I'm learning it as I'm going um, I do have a 5R Instagram account, Twitter account, YouTube account, Facebook. I'm really trying to get a website launched. It's just more difficult in putting it together. So that's where I'm hoping some some donations will help me build a website and and be able to link resources for people to get clean.
1: So if they go to YouTube and look up... 5R Recovery. Okay, so go to YouTube, look up, it's the number five, a capital R, no space, and then a space and recovery. It's easy to lump addicts they're all the same, but every story is so amazingly different.
0: It's true. The stories that people give is, is what matters. You know, the, the people getting clean and getting their kids back, that's what matters. It's, it's being able to build relationships back up with their family. It's, it's the ability to be able to go out and get jobs and become employable, to be a part of your community and represent, change society. Are you part of the solution or are you part of the problem? Everything we do is a lesson. Everything, every day, take it as a lesson. And, and the people that are on these videos, you can see that they've, they've pulled themselves out of the gutter with the use of different fellowships and different recovery programs and different treatment facilities. What if all those resources were available to somebody? What if all of them were just an easy access, a click away to be able to help people? A smarter person than me once told me, Johnny, don't try and reinvent the wheel. <laughs> but, and I'm not trying to. What I'm trying to do is trying to make another opportunity, another outlet for people to get clean.
1: And it sounds like to direct, you're not trying to all encompass, you're saying, hey, everything's out there and we're going to find them together. That's kind of what I hear you saying.
0: Build a rapport with those people, definitely.
1: Yeah. So talk a little bit about recover. What does that look like? Phase two? Yeah.
0: Phase two is is recover. Fire recovery comes from my testimony. It comes from how the things that I did to get clean. In order for me to recover, um, I had to go see a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists and drug and alcohol counselors because I was worried about the damage that had been done from the, for me doing drugs, methamphetamine mainly, for as long as I did, 15 years. And so that was part of phase two. It was recovering, and that can be anything. That can be joining a fellowship, a 12-step program. That can be going and seeing a psychologist, and, and that could be joining a wonderful church. That was another thing that I did was I joined an absolutely amazing church who supported me and walked with me through it. But I had to recover from all my damage done. I had to recover from my lying. I had to recover from my betrayal. I never realized that I had mommy issues, you know, and, <laughs> until I until I got recovery. Until I started figuring out and going deep into my closet and, and figuring out those things. That's where phase two is. It's recovering from all the bad. Taking out all the negativity, taking out all the things that went wrong, reflecting on them and fixing them.
1: Is recovery ongoing?
0: So the reason I, I used phase two as recover and then phase three rejoice is because I almost want you to – after you dig up all your old skeletons and you uh-huh. dig up all this stuff, it's not going to be easy. And, and I tell people that. I, if, you're, if you think recovery is easy, think about this. Put, you get out of it what you put into it. How deep are you willing to dig? And the reason after you remember your testimony and then you recover from the bad – that's why I, I use phase three as, as rejoice, because I want you to, to, to think about the positivities that were actually happening in your life. It could have been anything. For me, it was I never got arrested. I was handcuffed about 130 <laughs> times, but I never got arrested. That's a miracle in its own right. I never had children. It could be that you had children, and they're growing up and getting an opportunity to not see you high. Those are miracles that are working. That's the phase three is rejoice. So yes, I think it's crucial that we start with our story. I think it's crucial that we dig deep and we remember where we came from. And then we recover from all those bad things that happened. It could have been something that you didn't have anything to do with. It could have been abuse from your parents. It could have been addiction in your household. We might have to dig into that and figure out maybe you need therapy. You could need – You know, there's all sorts of outlets and opportunities for you to be able to recover from all the bad things that have happened for you. So yeah, phase two has to come after remembering. And then rejoicing, phase three, we, we get to celebrate life a little bit we get to realize that, man, there were some wonderful things. I thought to myself when I got clean, God was doing miracles in my life that I had no idea because I was so caught up in addiction. I was so caught up in paying attention to all the negativity and thinking that the world was against me, and I was unable to recognize that I had an amazing family that supported and backed me and pretty much enabled me for a long time. <laughs> now that I want to talk about. I want to talk about that too. Okay. Enabling is not, a, is not a good idea. For parents who have kids in active addiction, once they become 18 years old, enabling them could be one of the worst mistakes you make, and that can be absolutely difficult. It can be difficult because you want to love your kid and you, and you want to help out your kid. I had family members that stood by me, and they had no idea what the word enabling meant. Right. They just thought they were loving me and helping me with things, and I don't blame them for it. I just feel like our relationship is more difficult to mend now had they just not walked away from me. So there's
1: you know? a parent listening right now, and they don't know if they're codependent or if they enable. They may not know those words. How do they find out? How do they figure out how to help their drug addict?
0: Most parents that I talk to, I talk to parents on, a, on a, quite often about their, their children in addiction. And I, I usually ask how old they are, and I usually ask, you know, what kind of— What kind of substances do you think they're using? But the majority of them say the same thing. They're living in my house. They're 18 years old. They don't have a job. Um, I don't make them pay rent. And they pretty much can come and go as they please. And I mean, as soon as they say that, I'm like, you ready for some harshness? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, kick them out. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you mean put them out on the streets? And I'm like, Uh, Yeah, I mean unless you go up to them and say, hey, drugs are not allowed in my house. You're going to start paying rent. You're going to have to go out and get a job. You're going to have to do things to contribute to the world. You're not just going to take from it. Unless you do that, they will take forever, An easy ride is a long-term ride. I mean, people who have it easy, why would they want to change? The most difficult decision is to make that decision and, and kick them out.
1: It is. I have a son who's a drug addict, and Johnny happens to be his sponsor. Before he got into rehab, some of his friends called me and they said, he's living in a tent, so we're letting him stay with us. And I said, if you really love him, you will not let him stay with you. That was the hardest thing I have done.
0: He's a great, great guy, mm. very smart, very capable. And I knew that from the first second I met Dean. And, 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 and the wonderful part is, is that when I heard from you and you were like, man, I had to kick my son out, I could see it in your eyes. It is hard. It is difficult, but it's just a matter of when he wants it. Does he want to get clean? And yeah. what what is he willing to do to get clean? Since, I mean, he's doing really, really great. I mean, he's, he's awesome.
1: Yeah, but his life had to get pretty hard. I remember the saddest thing he told me. He said, Mom, I'm riding the bus line, and homeless people are giving me advice. He goes, that's (laughs) what I knew. I knew I had to pull it together. But that was so hard for me, and there are groups and support groups. There's a Facebook page called Lifeline for Parents, and we interviewed Carol a while back. So there are resources for parents because the last thing you want to do is make their life too easy. Now, we're running low on time, so let's get to Reborn
0: Starting fresh, for me, it was a baptism. Wash everything away. Wash everything clean. Start fresh. Start making goals, putting together short-term and long-term goals and, and achieving those goals. Getting the chance to start fresh, not necessarily forget the past, but utilize that past and bring it up to you and be able to start over. Start fresh. Start a new life, being clean, happy, go lucky, and embracing and enjoying the world around you.
1: What I like about that is that I'm a recovery coach. So I have a lot of women in recovery. And sometimes they'll say, I want my old life back. And, and I'll say, really? And then that's what comes out. No, I want a fresh start.
0: Definitely. Do you really, like, I love that you said that. Do you really want your old life? (laughs) Because what we've learned from remembering and recovering, it doesn't seem so good, you know? Why don't we start fresh? Why don't we try different things? Why don't, do you want to go to school? But why don't we work on trying to get you back in school? Do you want to have a different hobby? Some people like to go boating and do stuff that they never got to do high because addiction was all they focused on. The world has opportunities everywhere. So when you get a chance to start over and be reborn, you get a chance to start fresh.
1: And what you connected that with that I love so much is future. And as a coach, I'm all about how are we going to have a future? What are we going to look forward to a purpose? And I think that what I see in other recovery programs is let's get recovery, but there's not that let's dream a little. And I love it so much because I feel like people are going to get up and face the day when they have something really awesome to look forward to
0: kick out the bad and start a life. Where do you want to go and what do you want to do? A freshness. It's it's amazing.
1: I love that about your stories because it's kind of like the people you're talking to are in recovery. So they've kind of like, I was there and I did this really ugly stuff, but now I'm here and I'm getting to do this really cool stuff.
0: Exactly. And that's where phase five comes in. That's where you get a chance to achieve all those goals. That's where you get a chance to to go back to school, get the job that you've wanted. You get houses, you get your kids back, and then you relive a life of service. Service is absolutely crucial. If you take into all the things that you've done in your life and turn them into a positive and turn them into helping out, you're going to make communities safer. You're going to make cities better. You're going to make your country a better place. it's, It's a ripple effect. You take what you've learned the damage that you've caused and you turn that into a positive you relive a life full of fulfillment happiness live waking up every day and just being happy to be alive and it's not going to be easy through the first four phases of recovery <laughs> through five hour recovery it's not all okay I don't want people to get the wrong idea recovery is difficult things are gonna happen you're gonna get fat you're gonna lose teeth your things <laughs> are gonna happen but being able to turn that into a positive being able to walk them through recovery that's the greatest gift to me. it's being able to see people help other people addicts helping addicts and changing the world around you. Networking. They become part of a network. Because my past experiences might not relate to somebody else's past experiences. They right. may have gone something, through something that I do, I can't touch. But what's awesome is, is being able to network with those people who have gone through similar things. Maybe they can give you better advice than I can. It's about everybody helping everybody. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with everybody else. And that's why I love it.
1: And I love that focus. It's like you go from being a drug addict where it's all about you to right have to go through this process of recovery. And one thing I really love as a life coach, I have people that are not addicts. I love the recovery community because they're all about gratitude.
0: Yes, being thankful for what they have now. When you look at mental health and when you look at homelessness, addiction and mental health and addiction and homelessness go hand in hand. And and being able to be homeless yourself and being able to relate to somebody else who has been homeless and is now able to teach other people how to get themselves off the streets. We're talking about cleaning up the streets. We're talking about cleaning up community. We're talking about building a network of addicts, helping addicts. And really, it's just something so glory to God for being able to transform me and walk me through this and be able to give me the opportunity to help others. So
1: there's probably an addict listening that's like, Oh my goodness, I want to do this in my community because we've got people on the corners. How do I start something like this? What's the best way for someone to find you?
0: The best way for anybody to find you is, is social media, like my Facebook page, fire recovery, YouTube. I have an email address at addicts from addicts at gmail.com. Um, you can email me and I'd love to hear your story and I'd love to to meet up with you or or talk to you in any way, shape, or form I can. But really what it's what it's about is is using your experiences. And it sometimes it means going to difficult places, sometimes it involves going to treatment facilities. But you know what, I'm learning every single day and I'm working on my own recovery every single day. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not constantly working on myself. I don't want people to believe that I've got this figured out. That's not mm-hmm. what it is. I don't say long term, I say life term recovery. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is it's going to be for the rest of my life. I'm going to constantly try to work on myself. So if you ever think that you have it under control, if you ever think that you know the answer, that then then you're not working on yourself. Your recovery <laughs> has to come first into helping others become clean. So
1: we're just about out of time. I know you're doing a fundraiser. How do we find that and how do we donate to five R Recovery?
0: So I have a GoFundMe. I think I have it on Facebook. I think I send it out to all my social media platforms and WhatsApp and things. It's a 5R Recovery GoFundMe account. If there, if you're thinking of ways that you can help people, uh, get people into treatment or detox or find them clean and sober living, this is all part of 5R Recovery, helping them get their kids back, whatever it may be, finding a job. Funding is, is, is a necessity. And, and even though I don't like to ask for it, it's something that Everything is documented. Everything's kept track of. You know, just the other day, I was able to help an addict get get their child closed. And that's something that that your GoFundMe, your donations, your investments will go to.
1: You're trying to set it up so that you are more available to help people. And who do you want helping people? I want Johnny. I want Johnny helping my son. (laughs) I'm so grateful that I found you before my kid went into rehab. And I think it's easy for anybody to just go, I'll help. But yet when you've got someone who's got the passion you have, that has as the experience you have. I would much rather give money to you to help my son than give money to my drug addict. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what I'd like to be able to do is I'd like to be able to do what my, what God's purpose is for me. I'd like to be able to keep interacting with people. You know, when people need to get into treatment and detox, it's usually during the day when I'm at work, I'd right. really like to be able to step away from recovery full time and just help people out. That's, that's what my purpose is. And that's what I was put on this earth to do. So
1: great. So five R recovery. You can find him on Facebook. You can find him on YouTube and he has a fun fundraiser, you can donate to 5R Recovery or Johnny Ray Jr. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work.
0: Thank you, Lori. Thank you for having me.
1: I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.